This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 45 of Press Pass, a college football pod. Uh, I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by my co-host Gabriella Giovanni, and another great week of college football weekend, I should say. I really had a fun time this weekend keeping up with all the games, and it was work keeping up with all the games, but regardless, it was worth it. It's exhausting. I think I said it that is. last weekend too. And you keep, when things are going on and, and unfolding, you keep refreshing Twitter to see what everybody else is saying as well. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that makes it exciting too, because you can hear, you know, dialogue between other people. Obviously there's an entertaining aspect to it, but that, that makes it fun too. Especially if there's games that you can't get or you're not watching, you can kind of keep yeah. up with what's going on. I always have other things up on my computer, you know, refreshing Twitter. It's, it's a job. It really is. It is, but we love it, and so we can't complain, right? Yes. Well, I think we should get right into it. The biggest game of the weekend that Twitter was really blowing up about was the LSU-Texas game. I don't know if you agree with me on this one, but in my opinion, the game lived up to the hype, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. LSU is just good. The offense, Joe Burrow, that staff, they were ready for the challenge, and they rose to it. Burrow threw for over 400 yards. They scored on eight of 11 drives, 28 first downs. Burrow was clutch when he needed to be. His pocket presence, leadership in the huddle. Really what impressed me was his improvement from last year to this year because last year he was a good quarterback. But still this year you were wondering if they were going to be able to put it all together. They are a top four team right right now, in my opinion. The AP voters thought so too. But you have to give Ellinger and Herman a lot of credit. Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, Tom Herman was literally two plays away from likely winning that game over LSU. And here's to me what a big deciding factor was. And while I'm not trying to like say or take anything away from LSU because I think that they played great, I'm saying like the Longhorns didn't get blown out or anything. I mean, the Longhorns were three of five in converting on red zone possessions, okay? The Tigers, guess what? A perfect five for five. Yeah. I mean, that's a difference maker in a game sure. like that. And and here's the thing. Ellinger is really impressive. I thought he played really well. Eight touchdowns. Let's see. 677 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. He also added slightly over 100 yards rushing and a TD on the ground, Ellis. So, yep. you know, here's the thing. You can use a game like that with LSU to prepare for the rest of the guys 
the teams that you're going to face, including the big one on October 12th. And that's that meeting with Oklahoma. So I think Texas still has a lot of room for growth and in a good way. I totally agree. I still think Texas can be a top 10 team. The thing that will work mm-hmm. against them in terms of ranking is rankings is that they're going to have to play Oklahoma. And if that's a loss, then they're a two-loss team. But yeah. they're better than a lot of teams, Michigan, Florida, that are ranked yeah. in the top 10 right now. They played a heck of a game. But here's the thing for LSU. They played a really good offense in the Longhorns, like you said, and they're going to have good offenses on the horizon, also known as sure. Alabama. So their defense is going to have to figure something out because they still allow Texas, like you said, to put up 38 mm-hmm. points over 500 total yards. Alabama can put up 38 or, or more. So although their oh, yeah. offense won that game, in my opinion, that defense is going to need to work out the kinks and some of their um, not f- as flashy matchups, I guess let's call it in the coming weeks before they have those big time SEC games. Yep. And I know that LSU is getting a lot of hype right now and, and rightfully so. I mean, clearly Joe Burrow showed, showed up on the big stage and you know, coach O is doing a really good job with this team. So I'm not going to say like they're, they're not one of those big time teams right now that is going to be hard to beat, but you have to prove you could beat a team like Alabama like right. you said, to be able to stop a team like Alabama to to make me believe that you're right there. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, another game, Ella, that we saw this weekend. Now, this one kind of disappointed me just a little bit. It disappointed me too. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, Clemson and Texas A&M. I was kind of looking forward to this being a little bit closer of a game. Of course, Clemson took care of Texas A&M. The Aggies and the Tigers continue, or I should say the Tigers continue to show that they're the number one team for a reason. I mean, they put the clamps down on quarterback Kellen Mond, who I really do like, but at the same time, I mean, he wasn't able to do much. And then Trevor Lawrence, he looked a lot better compared to that first game where he was a little bit rusty. He was 24 of 35, 268 yards, two touchdowns, and then one on the ground. So pretty good day for him as well. Yeah, I definitely thought this was going to be a closer game. I thought if there's one team that has a chance to upset Clemson, it would be Texas A&M. And I'm, I mean that seriously. I just thought Texas A&M, I think they are a better team than how they played on Saturday. Yeah. But Clemson obviously proved that they're just better. I do believe A&M's defense played well, but their offense had to produce, like you said. Their defense did an excellent job containing ETN. I thought that was impressive. That's no easy task. He rushed for just no, that's 53 yeah. yards. Um, so I'm sure a lot of their game plan and their preparation was around containing him. He didn't score a touchdown, which is pretty unbelievable. So it's one bright spot in their performance, but we talk about this every week. Their brutal schedule. They have an uphill oh. battle the rest of the season. And for Clemson, that was their toughest test of the year up until they reached the playoffs and they passed. Yeah, it's crazy to think like too, like, oh yeah, that's their toughest te- test <laughs> of the year at this point, you know, because other than Seeing that, now January. they're going to- Right, they're going to cruise to the conference. Another f- thing for AMM that AM that sucks, Ella, is they lose their running back, Juwan Corbin. That came out today that he's out for the rest of the season with a hamstring injury. And so with that brutal schedule, that's tough. I mean, they've got the true freshman, Isaiah Spiller, that's coming in. He's been he's been good, but that's you know, that's another hit. Because Kellen Mond, I mean, he's a quarterback that takes hits that 
you know, gets roughed up a little bit. So it worries me now, especially that they don't have an extra weapon that they can utilize on the ground. Absolutely. All right. Well, all the fellas out there, uh, we all know that every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. Now, this is a true story. True story. <laughs> that's what our There's sources one... tell us. <laughs> right. That's what our sources tell us. There's one problem, though. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. Guys, knock it off. That is why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to look or to actually be your exact measurements for unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? Or, you know what? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Press Pass listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. Okay, so for week two in review, we bring in a special guest uh, for the Big Ten, Joshua Perry, former Ohio State linebacker. Now he is on the Big Ten Network as an analyst and love watching your work, my friend. So welcome into the podcast. We're excited to get your insight. I'm glad to be back on the podcast. Well, last week on our podcast, we talked a lot about how competitive the Big Ten looked in opening weekend. I, I personally believe that a conference's strength depends on what the teams can bring from top to bottom. And although the Ohio State's, Wisconsin's, Michigan's may be the quote-unquote dominant programs, the successes of the Iowa's, Purdue's, Northwestern's are just as important. Maryland has certainly put themselves on the map through two weeks, scoring 55-plus points in back-to-back games, cracking the top 25 this week. How important do you think Maryland's successes to the entire conference? Well, when we were looking at the games that we were going to be calling over the weekend, uh, I said that the most important game was going to be Maryland and how they looked against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And the reality is Maryland is a middle-of-the-field Big Ten team, and Syracuse is probably, you know, a lot of people thought the second-best team in the ACC. Uh, maybe some people thought Miami, whatever it was. But behind Clemson, there's a big drop-off, and they were a top-25-ranked team. And so the mentality there is if Maryland can go and they can put on a show, they can win the game, or they can even keep it close, it gives a little bit of credibility to the Big Ten. And so now when you see them. Uh, beat a top 25 team, understanding that they're probably not even a top five team in the Big Ten. It it shows you the depth, really, that you're working with throughout the conference. Okay, so put on your neutral hat, Joshua. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Michigan just barely escaped Army on Saturday. Elle and I have been talking about Michigan for the last few weeks. Just we aren't 100% bought into Harbaugh and what he's doing. But you have to give Army all the credit in the world. Here's the thing, though. The new offense for the Wolverines just not clicking right now. Shea Patterson was put in situations to prove the doubters wrong and that he could not do it. They got lucky. Army's kicker didn't seal it before even forcing OT. What can you make of the Michigan squad assembled in Ann Arbor right now? People are calling for quarterback Dylan McCaffrey. 
Is it a bigger issue, though, than the quarterback? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Michigan was in an impossible scenario over the weekend because throughout the week, everybody hyped up how big of a game it was going to be, how close Army could keep it, how Michigan was going to have to go out there and give their best to even be able to win. And then they squeak out a game in overtime and everybody's like, there's something wrong with Michigan. Well, no, we, we kind of expected this. Now it didn't look pretty. And I think where a lot of the frustration comes is like their defense actually looked pretty good against a triple uh, yeah. option attack. Their offense mm-hmm. looked terrible. Yes. And if you ask the question to me, like you can literally ask, is it Jim Harbaugh's offense still or are they letting Josh Gaddis call the plays? Because it didn't look any different than anything we saw last year. And uh, Shea Patterson had some trouble taking care of the ball. They put the ball on the ground, I think, four times. Uh, Army was able to recover three of them, something crazy like that. And you just can't win games offensively with turnovers. But just the lack of innovation and how unimaginative mm-hmm. it looked, you know, couldn't you, they had a fourth and two uh, to really kind of be able to extend a drive, maybe uh, seal the game, and they couldn't get two yards. And that's what's troubling. Like Michigan up front should be able to create enough movement they should be able to come up with a play that's creative enough to generate two right. damn yards. And I, I feel like that's where people are frustrated. To me, I'm not ready to say that Shea Patterson shouldn't be the guy. I'm not ready to say that people should be overly concerned. There should be a level of concern, but everything going wrong is correctable. It's just like, are you actually going to correct it? What's crazy is the offense was struggling and they're going to be playing a lot more high-powered defenses once they get into the Big Ten. So that's that's a scary thought. But on the other side of the rivalry, Joshua, our Ohio State Buckeyes, first, neutral hat, of course. Neutral of hat. Course. <laughs> <laughs> but I've said this before and I'll say it again. These players love Ryan Day. It feels fresh. It feels like a new chapter has begun. There's a lot of positivity but humility inside that football program. Justin Fields has certainly, you know, added a spark to this team. He looks sharp, utilizing a variety of weapons. Chase Young, of course, a monster on the defensive side of the ball. I know their opponents haven't been great, so I feel like I'm I'm hesitant to feel as though we know them quite yet. But what do you make of the Buckeyes through two weeks? I think they look good. I think they're they're they look really solid right now. Uh, me being as critical as I am my old team, I think they have so much left in the tank. Sure. Um, you know, offense, I think, played a lot better than they did in week one, just consistency-wise. I think the run game looked a lot better against the Cincinnati uh, run defense that people thought was going to be pretty good. I, I think we have really good athletes on the outside, and our quarterback is going to be a great player. I still think that he has so much room to grow. Defensively was where I was super excited. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you, you pitch a shutout against a team that was going to be motivated. And, you know, a year ago on defense, I mean, yeah. we, <laughs> it was so bad. People, yeah. <laughs> I think people will kind of forget that. And we're still so critical. Like we've taken so many strides, just leaps and bounds. And again, I, I feel like our guys still have more left. And so to me, I think that the team looks good. I think that our players are playing well. I think our coaching staff looks cohesive early on, which is great. And then the other thing I'm excited about, too. You guys talked about it, but Urban was a a leader who was going to make everything so urgent all the time. Sure. And, you know, guys felt pressure 24-7. And then Ryan Day comes in talking about, I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead by love. And, you know, he's he's patting guys on the back and everything's not so urgent all the time. Yep. And they're like, boy, is he this, you know, is he a competitor? Is he going to be a guy who mm-hmm. can lead this team? Well, it sure as hell looks like it. I mean, he, yeah. they, he's done a great job and guys are motivated and they're playing really, really hard. So for me, I think right now you could, 
they they belong in top five of college football. I, I believe that they are the best team in the Big Ten, but I just feel like there's so much left in the tank even still right now to where they could be at the end of the year. Absolutely. Well, I am not going to talk about Nebraska, who was hyped in uh, mm. the preseason. So, uh, see ya. We're not talking about the Cornhuskers today. <laughs> uh, I am going to talk about whiskey, though. And Jonathan Taylor and the Wisconsin Badgers just rolling right now. Their defense has yet to allow a score two straight shutouts. And I love this guy, Joshua. Jonathan Taylor has now eight total touchdowns. New quarterback Jack Combe found himself in a rhythm in week two. Badgers. Are they the outright favorite in the Big Ten West? Uh, I would believe so. I think they're the second best team in the Big yeah. Ten overall behind Ohio State right now. And what they're doing to me is pretty amazing. You talk about Jonathan Taylor, um, and he he looks the part. People talked about a Heisman guy. He runs track at Wisconsin. He just looks like an athlete. But four touchdowns a week ago, four touchdowns this past Saturday, just out there creating plays. But this is a deal with Wisconsin's offense right now. They threw for 400 yards on Saturday. And we haven't been able to say that about Wisconsin offense. I don't know if ever. And the deal is, it's not just tight ends that they're finding or running backs out the backfield. They're throwing it to to wide receivers, guys who are lining up on the outside. And so this is what you're looking at, is teams think that they're going to stack the box so they can stop Jonathan Taylor. Yep. And, you know, he'll go for 100, 150 just because he's that kind of guy. Uh, but if you can have 400 yards through the air because you can create mismatches on the outside, guys can't play straight up man on you, and then you can go for another 200 on the ground like they did on Saturday, they're going to be really hard to stop. And I think they found a quarterback that they like. You talk about their defense. I think their defense is best in the Big Ten right now. They're playing championship level early on. You know, this is going to be a team that's going to be able to make a lot of noise. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a lot of question marks about Wisconsin before the season began. We obviously knew of Jonathan Taylor, but who is this mm-hmm. Jack Cohn kid? Uh, you saw glimpses of him when he stepped in for Hornybrook at times last season, but we still didn't really know what to expect. So I think they've been a good surprise out of the Big Ten. So before I let you go, while we're on the topic of Wisconsin, they, as well as Michigan, are on a bye this week before facing off at Wisconsin. Who do you have winning that game? Yeah, and I think this evaluation is really tough. I I think Wisconsin is the better team right now. And I will. I think their offense is playing at a high level, although I think Michigan's defense is probably the strength of their team right now. What what I think the matchup truly is, is Michigan's offense against Wisconsin's defense. And I just don't know how much success they're going to have moving the ball. Yeah. And they're going to have to be creative. They're going to have to be imaginative. They're going to have to find ways to block and, and handle all the pressure. Um, this Wisconsin defense, to me, is a defense that knows how good they are. And they're, you know, they're taking pride in not having given up a score yet this year. Um, and they'll probably give one up to Michigan, but you know they're going to be fired up to make sure that they can keep their standard up. So if I had to pick right now, I would say that Wisconsin wins this one. I think it'll be a really good game. You know, I'm just hop on the side here, not to criticize Big Ten or anything, but it's just really interesting how both of these teams have a bye yeah. uh, before such a big right. game. Yeah. Um, you know, scheduling is very interesting. We see it across college football. None of my business. I don't get paid to do that, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. Yeah, well, Michigan certainly has some work to do in that bye week. Joshua, we appreciate you coming on and giving your great insight. My goodness, it's so good to have you back on here. And now we can talk Big Ten football, and it's been exciting. Thanks again. Where can people go to follow you on social media? You're really active, especially on Twitter. Yep, Twitter, RIP underscore J-E-P. Instagram, the same deal, RIP underscore J-E-P. Go ahead and hit your boy with a follow. Ah, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Joshua. No, thank you.
If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money, so why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet on a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings and no matter how you bet the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Well, let's go into our next segment, Ella, and this is what we call the misery club. (laughs) Some teams that just fail to really do anything right now Mm -hmm. in terms of intrigue us because some of these teams were actually hyped uh, to be a little bit better than what they are so we're gonna start with Florida State and Ella they barely beat Louisiana Monroe I mean that game went into overtime they got lucky is really what happened there yeah exactly and I'm just I'm just starting to think like how long does their head coach have until it's like see ya yeah is he on the hot seat is it him I don't know to recruit is it his staff like I don't know I I don't know what the problem is (laughs) I don't know I I have no answers I have no answers basically they barely beat Louisiana Monroe and that's all there is this is Florida State we're talking about so I just that is it's going to be really interesting to see what goes on with that meanwhile Ella the Tennessee Volunteers I am struggling down here in Tennessee because we cover them yeah, like that's a, extensively. That's not fun. Yeah. They lose in double overtime. They are 0-2 for the first time since 1988. And let me tell you, it is craziness down here. Yeah, tell us. I mean, tell us what's going on. I it's it's almost like people are making up stories just because they don't know what else to do. So now like the whole story is you know, Jeremy Pruitt is kind of like on the hot seat because they think Philip Fulmer, who once coached at Tennessee, is going to just kick him out and then go back to being the coach at Tennessee, which like Fulmer is way beyond coaching. At so this now point. there's just conspiracy theories going on. It is. That's a, that's exactly what's going on because nobody know what's, knows what else to do at this point. They're like, this is awful, but at the same time, it's like this is a brand new head coach pretty much. He's in his second season. People are saying they need to change up the quarterback, so they're saying get Jared Garantano out of there, at least for right now, and see you know what you can do with somebody else. It's just I think there's just mass confusion, and it's just craziness. You have to feel bad for the players in a way. I know. I mean, they're in this situation with not – many answers not much to do about it and if there's already not a locker room culture where I mean where do they go what do they do I don't know know? and it's just basically just getting through the season just to barely survive I know but they I'm sure there's not even energy left and it's only through two weeks two weeks and I I'm listening to these guys after the game and they're just like 
you know, they're like, we're going to try everything. We, you know, we have the whole season in front of us. And it's like, I, I understand that. But like, how many times do you, are you going to lose games like this, you know? And then at what point can you just be like, it's over? So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. That was dis- that was disappointing. Well, you're uh, Pac-12, Washington. Yeah, upset by Cal. But what did I tell you? I know. What did I tell you, I Ella? I told you I wasn't a hundred percent believer I in know. them. But what's crazy is that if they were supposedly one of the top teams in the Pac-12, what the heck is going on over there? Upset by Cal, keeping it in the Pac-12. Yep. UCLA lost again. Chip Kelly is 3-11 and 11 as head coach at UCLA. Is he on the hot seat? I would think so. I mean, he was once the hottest coach in college football, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. it's just crazy to think, like, how he has become, like, nothing and yep. been able to do nothing. And you wonder, like, was that just a one-hit wonder at Oregon? I don't know, because he sunk the ship in the NFL. I can yes, tell he you did. that. <laughs> Absolutely, he did. That's what happens when the word hype comes into play yeah you know all right well let's uh turn things a little more positive some big numbers that's what happens the first few weeks there's some glaring numbers that stick out when some of these teams are playing these cupcake games check this out duke quarterback quentin harris 345 passing yards 83 on the ground five total touchdowns who would have thought Duke quarterback. I guess he's filling right in for good old Daniel Jones, is he, down at Duke? Yes, he is. Other big quarterback performances, Justin Herbert, five TDs. Jalen Hurts, three more. That's making it nine total through two weeks. Mm -hmm. Colorado's, as we know, big win over Nebraska. Steven Montez, he threw for 375. But obviously what was impressive in those 375 yards is that that was in that comeback come from behind victory. They were down 17 nothing at the half. They scored 24 points in the fourth quarter and beat Nebraska. And that's the thing. I did want to mention beat Nebraska because I will give a little bit of credit. I'm not going to give a lot, but I said, Ella, the minute that a Pac-12 team beats a non-conference team, even if, you know, I know Nebraska's been hyped, but they did beat a non-conference team in the Big Ten. So I will give the Pac-12 a little bit of credit for one team doing something. You got to respect the rally, man. Yes, I, I'll, I'll give them a little little help there. I also wanted to give a shout out, Ella. Go ahead. Talk about a quarterback having a performance. Washington State's quarterback, Anthony Gordon. He has over 800 yards passing in two games, nine touchdowns. It looks like that air raid is just beginning at Washington State. I cannot wait to see what he's able to do this season. Okay, and with Washington, one loss. Oregon, one loss. Washington State's chilling right now. Dude, you never know what's going to happen. I'm telling you. I know. Just don't. You can never know what's going to happen to Mike Leach. I watched his um, presser last, (laughs) I think it was Saturday. This is how. I just laugh when someone says his name. I laugh. I know. Mike Leach. I watched his presser just because I wanted to see if there'd be anything that I'd be entertained with. I was just entertained watching him. So I also wanted to mention Georgia and Alabama. Impressive. Both hung 60 plus points. That's stupid. On their opponents. Yeah. And Alabama wide receiver. We knew this was coming. Jerry Judy scored three touchdowns. This guy's going to be a gem in the NFL. He looks like you're what when you watch him on the field, I feel like I'm watching a video game. Dude, right? He's so good. Yeah. 
Well, USC, this was impressive because that USC and Stanford game, there was nothing left to it. Both of their starting quarterbacks were out. We're out, yeah. It's normally a matchup, you know, that you, that you look forward to. So USC's freshman, freshman, look up this kid on their website. He looks like he's 12. Slovis. Am I saying that right? I hope I yeah, am. Yeah, that's right. 377 yards, three touchdowns, huge upset over Stanford. USC now finds himself in the top 25. I just think it's impressive because when you lose your starting your starting quarterback and a freshman has to come in, this was a team that was kind of iffy. We didn't really know what to expect, what their season would even look like. And he just he just put a little fire in the USC Trojans. Well, we had talked about how USC is what people think about when they think of the Pac-12, right? And USC has yep. been down. Uh, they've mm-hmm. had so many down years. And so, I mean, is this the year that they maybe at least get a little bit of love? I mean, you know, I don't know. They still have a long ways to go, but it's a great it's a great beginning at least. I mean, this was a big win for them. For a freshman. I yeah. mean, that's, that's no, the it's, part it's, that is just so impressive. Yeah, definitely. And I had mentioned my Washington State Cougs. I had mentioned Gordon. Uh, the Cougs hung 59 this week, 58 last week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't mean mean to be braggadocious, but... NBD. Well, some storylines that were loving. Mac is so back, baby. UNC over Miami, 28-25. UNC is 2-0. Miami, now 0-2 for the first time since 1978. I saw videos from that UNC game. The stadium was packed totally energized i think i tweeted something like chapel hill is lit and it's yeah not i saw basketball that se- it's not yeah. basketball season which is great that is so great for their program good for mac I- i'm i'm loving it and i'm also just can't believe that miami is owen too i know it's crazy i remember last week i had talked about mac and just that was like my inspirational story when he got that first win and you could tell like he was still so passionate about the game even at that age but it's crazy because it just it just goes to show like when there's a coach like that like he is a good coach clearly yep. like clearly yep. he relates to his players it doesn't matter what age he is clearly he's getting he's getting like what he needs to get across to his players and they're believing in what it is because like to go 2 and 0 to start the season after their horrific like year last year yep it's just it's awesome to see i'm really excited Definitely. to see what what happens with that another thing real quick i was really really um I don't want to say excited because this to me is more of a personal, um, hits me personally. So Washington State's quarterback, Tyler Holinsky, um, uh, committed suicide last year. Was it last year? I think it was. Yeah. Last, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a tragic thing that hit our community. You know, Washington State alums are very, we're all just like close, you know, and, and we, we love our school and we have a lot of pride doesn't matter what we're age we're at we're gonna you know that stuff's gonna hit us so when that happened it was just so tragic well ryan halinski is his brother his younger brother they're both i mean he was a great quarterback his brother is right. phenomenal so south carolina starter is hurt he's out the rest of the season so ryan got the start this week this last weekend and get these numbers 24 of 30 282 yards two passing tds one rushing TD and an interception in this 72 to 10 win. That's yeah. I get goosebumps. 
I, I know because just there's more there's more behind a kid there's like more that. behind it and, you know? and his 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 parents I believe moved to South Carolina because clearly you know they're very distraught of what happened uh, you know Tyler committed suicide at Washington State like when he was right. on campus it, it it's just a tragic story but at the same time I'm rooting so much for this yep. family and to see this kid be able to come out and do what he did in his first start at the collegiate level. I'm just so, I feel like a, a, a proud sister or something, you know, just thought it was really phenomenal. And to lead the team, because South Carolina lost in their opening weekend to UNC, they did. which was, was was shocking. And that was a huge deal. So he not only stepped in as starter, he helped his team hang 72 points and win. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I can't yep. wait to watch what he does this season. Uh, everyone is rooting for him. How, how could you not really? Yep, absolutely. Good story. Well, let's take this to our last segment now. Good stuff from the Gridiron. This is another heartfelt college football story that anyone that likes college football, follows college football, knows of Tyler Trent, the Purdue super fan Tyler Trent, who unfortunately passed away from cancer in January. But last year, he took the college football world by storm. Everyone knew who he was. Just an incredible, incredible human being. Well, this past weekend... Purdue dedicated their student gate to Tyler Trent. They needed the Tyler Trent student gate. Look it up. It's beautiful what they did. It was his 21st birthday. It would have been his 21st birthday on Saturday when they did this. And his family was there. Purdue really just wrapped their arms around this family and this kid. And it's incredible. I saw a video on Twitter that the student section saying happy birthday to him. I mean, this is the stuff that sports do. In such a tragic, horrible, horrible, unimaginable situation, it gives you kind of this weird peace a little bit that, you know, sports have united so many people over something like this. And that's pretty incredible. I thought that was an awesome story coming out of college football this weekend. Yeah, I loved that story. Um, I also wanted to mention, Ella, I don't know if you heard about this one, but another great story, uh, UT Kids shirt goes viral. So this kid was was bullied he couldn't afford you know a, a Tennessee shirt on the days that you you know where you wear like your your team you represent your team or whatever when you go to school and you put on your shirt Solid shirt day or something yeah yeah and yep. so he made like he had like drawn like his own little UT symbol and like pinned it onto his orange shirt and all these kids were bullying him and making fun of him and UT got a hold of this Tennessee Yep, University of yep. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh-uh, we're, we love this. We're going to make this its own. Sh- we're going to make a shirt out of this. And kid you not, they made a shirt out of this kid's like sketch. And now it's like gone viral. Like it's insane. I I read something that the school's website actually crashed. Crashed. So many people were trying to get on and order the it shirt. It did. It did. Is that not cool or what? It Good, for, good for Tennessee. A sick That's- story, but amazing what came out of it. Yes. Um, I saw that. I think it was the teacher, actually, that the kid went to and he was crying that he got bullied yeah. at lunch about the shirt. Yeah. And she took to social media to see, you know, if if it could get to Tennessee somehow. Yep. And um, that's pretty amazing. They just took it in their own hands and said, uh-uh, not on our watch, you yeah. know, and, and are now selling the shirt. I, I want to go look on the website. and I do, too. I know. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, that is a wrap for episode 45. Can you believe it? 45. We're five more until we're 50. 50, I feel like we need to have a party or something. 
pop the champagne. I'm never, yeah, I'm never opposed to a party. Um, so thanks again, though, for everybody uh, tuning in today. Uh, where can the people go to follow us and subscribe? Because again, we're going to be putting out bonus episodes throughout the different weeks. Sometimes we're going to have them, sometimes we aren't, but it's just a good way to get notifications. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, press that subscribe button, give us a rate or review. And then as always, follow us on social media at Kayla Anderson TV and at Ella Didge, both on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is Press Pass Pod as well. Mostly on Fridays, we do an Instagram live around two o'clock mm-hmm. central time. So tune in for that. We just talk more college football, take a lot of people's questions. It's a lot of fun. Yep. And we always, of course, appreciate you guys tuning in because um, I know we've changed things a lot, but you know what? I think we're having fun right now and we're enjoying just talking college football and we hope you guys are learning some stuff. If you ever have any thoughts or ideas, be sure to shoot us any of that on social media. And thanks again for watching. Have a great weekend. And again, hope your teams win. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.